Hello, welcome back. It is week 113 on the biggest little podcast from each side of the Mississippi. Out on that line, I'm the host, Jeff, with my co-host, Alex. How you doing this week? You put a little flair on that one this I week, a, Jeff. I put a little bit of sauce on it today. Did you plan that, or did that just come out of you spontaneously? Well, I uh, during my weekly lawn mowing today, I decided to uh, just give some thought instead of listening to podcasts or anything, just take some time with my thoughts. And I was like, what can make the podcast exciting today? It'd been a couple weeks since we recorded one. And I just thought about all those kind of great taglines. I think about Bruce Springsteen and he's always like the earthquake and Viagra taken legendary E Street band, like this whole story, you know, ZZ Top calling themselves the biggest little band in Texas, you know, and I think just kind of played off of that and it felt good. That one felt right. Well, and also, Jeff, you get bonus points for it being super on theme with this week's episode. You were kind of doing a cover of a remix of a cover drawing from these influences, taking them and making them your own. And this week, we're doing an artist who did just that. Who are we doing this week, Jeff? You tell the people. We're, I just got to say, this is a hot start. This I is a hot get that out start. Of the yeah, yeah this, this one feels pretty good. But we're going to be talking about T-Pain and his newest album on top of the covers, which if you aren't aware, is all covers just done as T-Pain. And there's some doozies in there. So there are some fantastic moments on that album, and I'm excited to talk about it and the other things that that it's going to bring up as well. But first, I got to say, I went and saw my man, our man, man of the pod, Tyler Childers, in concert, live and in the flesh, in Houston last week. Um, and I got to say, one of the most amazing concert experiences that I have, I've had. Um, it's just... His talent, like his, he sounds exactly like the albums. And sometimes people are like, oh, it should be more exciting live. It was because of that, because the albums are so good, at least in my opinion. Um, I think a lot of people would agree, um, but his voice is so distinctive. And if anything, it was even more powerful live than you hear, you know, on the albums and played for two hours straight, started out with an acoustic set, just like him and the guitar. And that's it probably about eight songs or so, eight or nine songs, and then brought out the food stamps, the full band, and just brought the place down for like an hour and 20 minutes with the full band. And it was, that's that's why you go see live music is to see concerts like I was able to see from Tyler Childers. Well, what do you say we get into talking about the covers from on top of the covers by our man, Tallahassee Payne. Now, I think this is the first T-Pain album we've done on the show. We've talked about him plenty, but I think this is the first like dedicated content we've done for the show, if I'm not mistaken. No, you are not mistaken. I have uh, an encyclopedic knowledge of everything we've done on this show. It's like, I can't tell you when the Magna Carta was, but I can tell you like what was the like first nine episodes mm-hmm. so you're correct we've never done t-pain as keeper of the lore i can confirm <laughs> excellent excellent so i don't know what prompted him to you know do this covers album um i think he's branched less um he's gone away from just making straight up hits because he had some bangers back in the day i mean you look at his like top songs on spotify like hundreds of millions of of plays on those um, the guy has been successful, but I think he spent a lot of time recently with his podcast. I think that's a fun thing that he does that he dedicates a lot of time to. 
um, there's always random videos of him singing covers of songs, like little snippets. Like I remember seeing him do a cover of stay with me that he does on this album, you know, at a live concert or something like that. And I remember thinking at that point, I was like, wow, I like that a whole lot better than the Sam Smith version. <laughs> you know, that was, that was the thing on this is I may not have, that was one that I definitely liked T-Pain's version more. Um, but overall, like a lot of them, I just appreciated hearing a different version of it, you know, cause like Tennessee whiskey, I love that song. I love Chris Stapleton's version, which is the one like everybody knows. You've got to be under a rock if you haven't heard that song. Um, but to me, it's just the quality of the covers. And like you can kind of hear that he really appreciates these songs and he really does like them a lot. Um, you know, that really comes through. And he's such a good singer. I mean, he uses the auto tune that he's like known for in places on this album. But I think it's completely undeniable at this point that this guy is one of the best singers in the pop music like r&b genre just pure talent alone which again makes the whole auto-tune thing crazy and i have nothing to back this up but part of me wonders if it was like let's do a cover album to kind of prove to everybody once and for all that t-pain is talent t-pain's got a voice that Mm -hmm. the auto-tune was a fun gimmick and then it just like got away it got out of control so, like, stepping out from that, and I don't know, his last album, I guess is the first one in, like, four years, but stepping out from that kind of, like, buy you a drink sort of short mm-hmm. sound, it um, it was very interesting. It was very interesting. Some of the shit I loved, and some of it just, like, I couldn't give a velvet painting of a whale and a dolphin getting it on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I felt that way about Don't Stop Believing. Like, I was I was reluctant to even listen to that song because I really don't like that one in the first place. I fucking hate that song. Yeah, I mean, I love Journey. Like, don't get me wrong, I love Journey. But Don't Stop Believing specifically, it to me, is trash. Gargles I mean, it was my, my graduation song in high school, and it really just got so overplayed, and I really didn't feel like all that connected with my graduating class. Like, most of my friends were... Um, like basically all my friends were from outside of my graduating class. I think I had like two or three in my graduating class that I really remained close with. Um, so I just like that song just doesn't do anything for me. I think it's really cheesy. You know, it's basically just like an easy rock version of living on a prayer. You know, it's just like, doesn't do it for me. There's no edge to it. There's nothing interesting about it. It's the worst thing Journey's ever done, and on this album, it is clearly the worst song for me. It's It was the worst song, but T-Pain did his best to polish a turd. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really valiant effort because, yeah, boy, Don't Stop Believing sucks my balls. I <laughs> fucking hate that song. And the thing is, I didn't used to, but you're absolutely right, the ubiquity of it. People just like... Every time you're at a fucking bar or a dance or a function, you just hear that piano and then everybody in the place, just a small town girl. And -hmm. you just want to drive a fucking oyster fork into your eyeball. I hate that song now so fucking much. And when I saw it on here, I was so pissed. But he made chicken salad out of chicken shit. You know what yes, I'm saying? I, I would agree with that. Yeah, it was it was the least offensive version of the song that I've heard. Absolutely. That's for sure. Yeah, as as you say, pretty faint and damning praise, I think. But to me, I just he also when he made this album, didn't he kind of say he's like, oh, this is just a bunch of songs white people like. 
I, I, I don't was, know, but that's amazing. <laughs> I think I think that was he might have said it like in passing or something, or somebody like on Twitter said it, and he just like liked it as like a subtle like yeah, kind of. Because I mean, you go through the list of this. <laughs> I mean, a change is going to come. You know that one you could you could say either way, but I would say it's just a classic that probably a lot of white people like. Sure, don't stop believing. Only white people. White like girl catnip. Um, sharing the night together. You know, that one's Dr. Hook. Definitely. <laughs> it's a white people band. I super Sprangs love that is just song. an instrumental that's kind of... Oh, I love this his version of yeah. that. Absolutely. Um, Stay With Me, white girl song. Yeah. Um, Tennessee Whiskey, white people song. That's Life is Frank Sinatra, white people song. <laughs> the whitest white dude <laughs> you know? ever. War Pigs, like your weird uncle listens to War Pigs. Like that's, that's definitely a white people song, you know? So I... I feel like I saw something about that and that would explain every bit of why don't stop believing made it onto this album. Yeah. That's, um, that's an excellent hypothesis. Whoever came up with that and I absolutely buy it. And that's the most amazing thing ever because yeah, I was, I was somewhat baffled. I'm like, well, you got Sam Smith. Who's like a satanic egg. He just, (laughs) he, he's just like, I've never got the appeal of Sam Smith. And so Taking something that he did and, again, making chicken salad and chicken shit, I appreciate. So it's like not only did he take music that white people with bad taste love, but he, again, really did polish a turd, make a lot of these enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, and s- some of it not so much, like hot take, apparently, but warp, his war pigs, I couldn't give a tinker's fig. Mm-hmm. I just didn't really like it that much. I didn't hate it, but I'm like, I, whatever. His sharing the, uh, yeah, sharing the night together, impeccable. Mm-hmm. His version of that made me smile ear to ear. I listened to it still. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, War Pigs didn't really move the needle for me. And that is, I think that is probably the only spot on this album where we're really going to diverge in our opinions is because I love his cover of that, but I'm also a metalhead. I think a lot more than, than you are. I think you, you definitely spread your, your tastes out a lot more than I do as far as like what you listen to on a daily basis. You know, I tend to skew very aggressive with what I listen to, what I go out of my way to listen to. Um, War Pigs by Black Sabbath. I love Black Sabbath. So going to be right up my alley. Someone as good as T-Pain singing it going to be right up my alley. So like that one hit for me, but I can see if you're not already like a big fan of that song, why it wouldn't really do much for you either. It's a it's another one that's kind of a a casualty of its own ubiquity. Not to the point that I hate it, but it's just like mm-hmm. it's war pigs. Everyone yep. knows war pigs. Generals gathered in their mass heads. Like that's another you hear the beginning of it and everyone mm-hmm. activates like a room full of MK Ultra victims. <laughs> um And that one for me, I think, exemplifies a question going into this and coming out of this. Covers. What do you personally prefer? Something that is faithful for the most part and covered by somebody else? Or something that kind of puts a little stank on it? Not unlike what you did at the beginning of the episode. (laughs) Well, I'm going to give a very, what's going to seem like a very non-committal answer here and it's going to be it depends so you know a song like war pigs i love how heavy that song is to start with you know i love 
that it's got this message of like, you know, politicians and the military industrial complex is what's going to really kind of bring us down as a society. Um, you know, so I really enjoy it for that reason. And I like that he was fairly faithful with that cover. You know, he, he, he painted it a little bit in some spots, but you know, there was not seemed like the same styles of instrumentation and things like that throughout the song. Um, now you look at something like Bruce Springsteen's album, only the strong survive. And those are all very faithful covers and did not do a damn thing for me. So, you know, it's, it, it really, that's what I'm saying. It depends, you know, it really depends on how much I feel like you really care about what you're singing. And now I don't expect him to have like a deep emotional connection with any of these songs, you know, maybe change is going to come, you know, there's, there's definitely some that, you know, have a message to them, you know, and, and war pig certainly does, but to less of an extent than a change is going to come. You know what I mean? So it's, I think you have to kind of gauge by how much you really enjoy hearing what you're listening to because based on like how much they're enjoying doing it. Now, whether they're faithful to the cover or not, you know, think of like the sound of silence, you know, the Simon and Garfunkel version. I love that version, but I also love that disturbed version. You know, they're two completely different takes on the song, but I think they both deliver the same message just in different kind of emotional keys. You know, I think there's more of a sadness to Simon and Garfunkel. There's more of an anger in the disturbed version, you know, all along the watchtower by Bob Dylan covered by Jimi Hendrix. I mean, it's just like, those are just the examples that come to mind where it's like, they go drastically different, but I enjoy both the same. And that's the thing is if the original is very precious to you, like Simon and Garfunkel, everyone imprints on that song, the way that it is and it's very well known and everyone's kind of got like a connection to that. So you probably don't want to see someone else try to do it. You love it for what it is. Why are you trying to see the same thing over again by somebody else? Which is why when like David Draymond and Disturbed come in and do something so radically different, that's interesting to me. And that's what makes it really like a cover more so than karaoke. I skew heavily you got to do something different mm-hmm. and you got to, it doesn't have to be like wildly different. You can do very like subtle, small things like T-Pain did on Tennessee whiskey. He stripped that way back. I mean, there mm-hmm. were whole passages of it where it was just him with like mm-hmm. a, a, an echo effect. And it was, it gave it a whole new meaning and a whole new flavor. And it, that, interests me i'm like all right he went like i'm curious to see what he's gonna do here when it starts and it like takes you on a ride i appreciate that i think to me one of the best examples of that and i've talked about this before is the band mutoid man covered purple Mm -hmm. rain yes it was fucking perfect because it walked the line between being recognizable and faithful and being totally metal they did just mm-hmm. enough different to make it themselves, like make it Mutoid Man. They did just enough. It was per- It's one of the most like absolutely perfect covers. It's exactly what I look for in a successful cover. Yeah, and I think that's, to me, I guess I would skew more towards like, I'd be more interested in hearing like a new version, like a, a different interpretation of a song more than I'd like to hear a faithful cover of it. Um, but it's, I don't, I guess I don't see like that one inherently would have less value. It's just what's going to interest me probably is going to be something where they do something different. Like Tennessee whiskey on this T-Pain album was beautiful. I mean, he can, his voice, he's just got some that warmth to his voice the same way that Chris Stapleton has 
but I think Stapleton just has a little bit more of a rasp. You know, just sounds more like a country bar than than T Pain is going to. But it's just a different version. It's more of a you know, it was always a soul song, but you can just really hear that when you can hear the like the really kind of clean vocals that T Pain provides in this. Um, he's just got such a nice timber to his voice that it's just like it, it the way it it just goes with the song you don't need the other instruments with him you don't really need him with chris stapleton either but t-pain just does such a good job of using his voice as its own backup i guess so to speak um you know the way he does that sharing the night together i mean that song is when he does it is i like that song anyway but when he does it it's gorgeous i mean that's the thing that i that i kept going back to stay with me it's like i finally get it i'm like i know why people like this song in the first place because i couldn't stand it because i don't really this is definitely very subjective but i just really don't like sam smith's voice that much um you know for the same reasons that sometimes like who am i like ariana grande grande like the the way that it just the enunciation of the words isn't there and that frustrates me sometimes. So like, that's why his voice kind of grated on me hearing T-Pain do this song and really hearing the words is it's amazing. It's a great song. And it, I would have never known that if he didn't do like a fairly faithful cover of that one, it was different enough. You know, it was a more stripped back kind of thing, but it just, to me really shine the light on like what that song was supposed to mean. Seemed like he pulled that out more than anybody else I'd ever heard be able to do it. Yeah, and I, there's part of me that's like, with something like War Pigs, you talk about the message of it and what's appropriate or inappropriate. And as a Frank Zappa guy, got him in, um, nothing's really off limits, right? Like, you can take a song like War Pigs with a, like, rather dire message, and you can do something kind of irreverent with it. And that's great. That's totally fine if you can swing it. But T-Pain chose not to do something like that. And I ultimately get it. I do. Because there were a couple pockets where I'm like, this feels like this is going to get super funked up. I can't wait. Mm -hmm. And it's like it never got there. There were just these hints of it. And in the end, I'm like, this was just War Pigs. I was kind of hoping for more. But then that's an interesting question. Does it change the nature of the song too much if you it's that clash of like subject matter and genre so i get why he didn't change war pigs maybe his whole reason was i don't have a good interpretation of it i'll just do it straight up and that's you know i was thinking about that too it's i feel like with something you know tennessee whiskey that's more based in you know, kind of, it's, it's more of a structured kind of written song. Like war pigs has a lot to it. You know, there's breakdowns, there's bridges, you know, it's heavy. The, the point of the song is the lyrics is the message. Um, so I, I feel like, how do you really change that? You know, I guess you could try to make it like a blues song. You know, there's a lot of metal that can be made into blues and vice versa. Um, maybe you can do it that way, but I feel like it was more likely he liked the song as is and just didn't honestly think he had a better version of what he could come up with. That was different. If he had something, another idea at all, he probably just didn't feel like it was better than doing the original. Well, and to be fair, I look at something like if I were ever going to do a Steely Dan song or an Elvis Costello song, Donald Fagan, whatever, what have you with like a distinct voice, 
that's so mm. married to the song for me that I would wind up doing it that exact way because I can't hear it any other way. But then your gimmick is you're doing a fucking Donald Fagan impersonation. You're not mm. really doing a cover. So it's this weird line that we walk between impersonation, tribute act, cover, karaoke. It's like a weird needle to thread. And this album kind of tried all of them for me. I appreciate, I think the stuff I liked the most was when he took it in a Tennessee whiskey type Mm -hmm. direction. I think the stuff I liked the least was stuff like the Frank Sinatra cover and War Pigs because it was just like, who gives a rat's ass about Frank Sinatra? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Oh, I definitely thought it was like, I don't, I, I, I listened to Frank Sinatra, I guess, like when the Yankees win in New York, New York gets played but that's really it that i ever am happy to hear from frank sinatra so i definitely like t-pain's cover of that song a lot more than i ever liked any other frank sinatra song like that's the way to get me to listen to frank sinatra is just have t-pain cover it i'll listen to it then in the meantime folks there's a place that you can go you may already be here but you're going to find a subscribe button and that's on youtube.com forward slash c forward slash out on that line You're going to hit that subscribe button and then it's going to tell you every time that we post something new and it's a couple times a week. Oh, you got to hit that notification button too. You got to do that right down there. You let us know what you want to hear. You let us know what sorts of things you like that we already do. Maybe a change we could make. Put it that down in those comments right down there as well. Until next time.